Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a video and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Today, it is my privilege to welcome a very, very accomplished individual who's giving back so much to society, Sujata Sahu. Sujata, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me on the show. Thank you. Sujata is the founder and CEO of 17,000 Feet Foundation. She is dedicated to transforming the lives of children and communities in the remote and inaccessible villages of the Himalayas. She's led large technology teams at Indian and America, and obviously this was in a previous avatar. And she's also the winner of the Nari Shakti Puraskar in 2015. That's quite an accomplishment, Sujata. So Thank tell you. me, what would you say are three key milestones in your career or life? Oh, wow. Um, entire life? It's a good question. Um, three key milestones. Uh, one was, I would say, my first job, getting out of college and getting my first job. I think for anyone coming out of college, that first job is you give it everything. Correct. So I was part, I was part of the IT sector. I've worked here and in, in the U.S. for many years. So I worked for a company. Then it was called CityCorp Software. Mm-hmm. And now it's Oracle. Yeah, that was, I mean, you were out there and a young kid just out of my post-graduation, out to conquer the world and prove something. That was a great milestone for me that it launched me from a student to um, somebody with a little larger vision. Mm-hmm. He the second milestone was, I would say, in my career, having to quit my IT career. Okay. After almost 15 years, 15 years of working in India and in the US and actually moving back mm-hmm. from the US to India. That was a very big move for me. It was a conscious decision. Uh, it was something I've always wanted to do. I love being in the US. I did nine years there. But India is home for me. Correct. So... That was a big milestone simply because I felt the, the 15 years I had in IT was great. I learned a lot, traveled a lot, a lot of experience, but it was a turning point in my life where I said, let me stop and see what it is that I want to do going forward. Mm-hmm. So that was a big one. And the, the third largest milestone is what I'm doing today. It was a chance movement. I was trekking out in Ladakh. I was, to, I was on a solo trek. I came back to India and I, well, I worked with, I taught at a school. I, I used to run trekking expeditions for children. I'm a trekker. I love doing that. I love being with kids. Mm-hmm. But it was a chance solo trek in Ladakh where I stumbled and I had this, it was almost an epiphanic moment for me where I saw the lives of people in very remote areas in Ladakh and I started 17,000 feet. So from going from, you know, to being in the corporate sector, to being an entrepreneur, a social entrepreneur, that was a really big moment for me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's been 10 years now that I've launched 17,000 feet. So yeah, that's three Fantastic. very large milestones. You, I, I mean, it's right out there. <laughs> I agree. And, you know, so let's, let's start talking a little bit about 17,000 feet. Tell me about this venture and what motivated you to start it. So, so like I said, um, when I moved back from, uh, you know, to, from U.S. to India, I'd spent nine years there. Life is different out there. When you come back to India, everything started looking a lot different. Mm-hmm. It's different when you're here and you take life for granted. But when you've seen a different side of life and you come back and you realize there's so many things in India that, you know, you could, I mean, which we had taken for granted. 
and things that could possibly be better and where i could use my time so i got involved in a bit a few social initiatives but nothing had prepared me for what i saw when i went into ladakh i went on a solo trek in 2010 to ladakh and i really had absolutely no idea about ladakh at that point it wasn't as popular a tourist destination as it is today mm-hmm. and i was in this really remote village which had one home um it's interesting just one home and the nearest village is another 3 4 hours away mm-hmm. and and here i'm thinking it took me a day to reach there so i had to drive for a few hours trek for a day and i reached there and it, i'm sitting there wondering how do i not know anything about this place and that that one home had just four or five occupants a couple of goats and that was it mm-hmm. i check further i reach another village after two day walk after another day's walk and there's a little tiny school which had five or seven children that's it the entire school had that many kids and there was a teacher there mm-hmm. and it was it's sort of surreal i suppose i can't make it any other way here i you know i live in gurgaon i go to this place middle of the mountains altitudes at the, that altitude was probably around 13000 feet mm-hmm. difficulty breathing and all i see is a little school with five or seven kids and a little, and a teacher very committed textbooks are in english yetek and i'm wondering how do these children even understand what's going on in the real world there are right. no roads to reach there no telephones no electricity no television and that kind of put so many things into perspective you know looking at um, where i come from and at that point i was teaching in a very great school here in gurgaon mm-hmm. i was a teacher teaching math and computer science and here i go into the school that i spent a couple of days there talked to the children the teacher i remember this headmaster asking me he was telling me about his life he comes from another village which is a two day walk from where he's at mm-hmm. and so he leaves his family comes stays there and he was telling me about how he hasn't seen his family for a while he hasn't seen basic vegetables for quite a while he's asking me he says do you so since I'm striking i had supplies for about 7 or 8 days i was carrying it on horseback and he said do you have tomatoes i haven't seen tomatoes in a long time so mm. nothing really grows there this fresh is wow. little mm. so he said i have a bottle i have a can of nescafe i can trade it with you okay so i said keep the nescafe take the tomatoes i had some noodles i cooked and i fed the whole school i mean have you ever fed an entire school i did wow the entire school of 5 to 7 kids wow so that got me thinking on you know um, how india really is and how there are parts of india which i know nothing about and mm-hmm. i'm sure most of us don't know correct and that got me really fired up so this is how it got started i came back i was i also felt very ill at that trek so the entire experience was really brought home to life how communities struggle Mm. in that high altitudes temperatures are go down to minus 50 degrees mm. so i came back and i was really fired up it took me a year and a half to set something up but that was the start of my 17000 feet journey is like how do i improve the lives of these communities and how do i get these children you know what our children have why don't they have access to what our kids have in our schools very true so yeah and you know once you took a decision to start off 17000 feet after in a year and a half talk to me about some of the challenges that you faced in being able to start you know to start getting an organization off the ground to support all the f- families there you know yeah, that's an interesting question so i've never been an entrepreneur so mm-hmm. i've always been in the service industry coming back with an idea saying i want to change the world it's great i mean it, but it's just an idea right when you start sitting down together and thinking about it that's when you start realizing the sometimes the challenges were like see you know they seem insurmountable 
So to start with, what is it that I wanted to do? Even to articulate what I wanted to do took me a lot of time. Yeah. I just came with this passion saying, oh, change the education system, build another school. It started with a build another school idea. And then I sat down and I realized, look, I look, I saw one village with seven kids, mm -hmm. but there are actually a hun few hundred, there's 700 odd hamlets in the entire Ladakh. As I sat down and I realized is that what I went in with was a preconceived notion that I know better, I can do better. So the first thing I had to do, the challenge was get that thought off my head. Correct. I don't know better. I have to first understand what the people are, what they want, what are the realities of the system. So that was the first challenge I had. I took a lot of time reading about Ladakh, about the local communities, reading about what other people do. How do you improve education? That in itself was a problem. The second thing I realized was anything, I realized there were not that many non-for-profits working there. Mm -hmm. Okay. What that meant is they were non-profits. They were all local. They were localized to areas which are accessible, where there were telephones, but none in these areas which are so disconnected. And that proved to be a barrier. I, there was nobody for me to learn from. Mm -hmm. There was nobody for me. And then I realized I want to work in an area which is no electricity, no connectivity, no roads. Temperatures going down to minus 50 and altitudes upward of 9,000 feet. How do you do this? How do you transport anything? How do you train teachers? What do you do? So that became a, um, a huge challenge for me. So the, the third thing was, uh, how will I get funding for this? Mm. I knocked on many doors. They were like, Ladakh, seriously? We have enough problems here in Haryana, Gurgaon, and Bangalore. So that was the third. The fourth was, yeah, getting a team together. You know, I couldn't do this alone. So I roped in my husband. Actually speaking, he was the one who pushed me to do the solo trek in the first place. Okay. He's been trekking in Ladakh for a very, very long time, much mm -hmm. longer than I have. And he pushed me to go there and he said, go see it and do a solo trek. That's the only way you'll understand the reality of the region. So I said, look, you got me onto this. Now you better get onto this. Mm -hmm. So so the team, what, what we then realized was we need local people. And we also have a very close Ladakhi friend who's part of the founding member. So the three of us got together. Um, I kept pushing and I said, so the idea was first to not, what I realized was I couldn't go on with preconceived ideas. So I said a couple of things. One is, Understand as much as you can about this sector. Understand mm -hmm. as much as you can about Ladakh in general. Have a team of local Ladakhis. And that is now part of our mandate to also give jobs to Ladakhis. So put a team together. Most of them, most of Ladakhis in the, didn't even know about the villages I was talking about. Wow. So I put a team together. And the third was funding. Funding has always been a challenge, right? Mm -hmm. Funding, it is a challenge even today. But funding, we put in our own funding to start with. And um, I'll tell you, how we overcame this actually. So, so the, the first thing was getting a model. What is it that you really want to do, Correct. right? Mm -hmm. So we realized that there was a reason why Ladakh was the way it was. These communities are very sparsely populated. Um, it's easy for us to say, why don't they move to the city? It's easy for us to say, but mm -hmm. this is their ancestral land. This is where they live and they grow. It's easy for us to say it. So we realized that Whatever we need to do, we need to do within the communities and not try and put in one of our own solutions, right? So our model became that whatever we were trying to achieve had to be achieved right at the village community mm. within their existing resources, which is great. Then the second thing we realized was that there is a lot of nonprofits who've already done great work on education and there was no reason for me to reinvent the wheel. Correct. So I went out to a lot of nonprofits and I said, let me know what you guys have done. Can you share knowledge, share 
pedagogy curriculum mm. and there were a lot of great non-profits pratham and akshara foundation who said here take this and run with it and that was great and funding we did something interesting we realized that we can't do this alone mm-hmm. um so we said we need to get individuals on this or we need to get other people to speak about the remote areas mm-hmm. so we said why don't we give them a reason to come to this remote part of ladakh okay okay so we started encouraging people come to ladakh and volunteer mm-hmm. spend a few days in a remote village go back and talk about us wow be our brand ambassadors and that's kind of built our following so that's still the model that we take we work with a lot of non profits we use we use what we have we collaborate and our funder base our donor base as well as our supporter base grows through visits we encourage them to come spend some time there and so tell yeah, me the other of course the other challenge was family acceptance of course okay family acceptance you said is it you know it uh, putting your own funding and going into a social enterprise correct correct but once of, they saw the commitment they backed off <laughs> and then what about the the families that you work with do they accept uh, external inputs easily so that's exactly why i said so that is why our team is largely ladakhi mm. that is why we spent almost a year understanding what they want rather than what we can give mm-hmm. that's really really critical there is a reason there's a beautiful way that ladakhis live they live you know they live off the land they are very community driven they help each other and that's great mm-hmm. our intention is not to change anything at all it's okay. just to help them improve what they already have so how 17000 feet works very simple we're not setting up schools mm-hmm. we're not bringing in teachers from outside we do nothing none of the above what i do is i we realize that ladakh already has 1000 schools mm-hmm. even if the school has five kids it's a government school which means the government has tried its best for five children two teachers a government school it's amazing wow. so the only thing that government school is need, needs is support hmm. so we work with existing systems if there is a school we support the school we support the teachers upgrade the school give them better facilities train the teachers hmm. that's what we do so because we, and we make the community a very strong part of our Uh, initiatives okay. since they contribute so much it's they accept it a lot more okay i think one of the key things that we've done well is we chose the remotest of the villages to start mm. with the place where nobody is gone where no tourists go where even administrative officials find it difficult because mm. well it's difficult mm-hmm. 3 day walk you know over mountain passes since we chose the remotest areas for the local communities themselves it was quite a bit of a wonder that you know people from outside are taking the time to come and know about their community mm-hmm. so that's really helped okay so you know you've been doing a lot of work in ladakh but is the scenario similar across the entire himalayan region so yes uh, ashtu there are a lot of similarities and uh, i'll tell you something right off the bat 17000 feet we named it so that we wanted to work in these high altitude mountain regions because of the similarities there so one mountain communities are largely fairly resilient i mean they've lived off the land they live as close communities together but they their basic aspiration is better education mm-hmm. better jobs better healthcare they are where we were you know 50 60 years ago mm-hmm. um they don't want to leave the land they don't really they prefer living where they are they prefer mm-hmm. living in that city life is very tough for them but the problems here are the same across the mountain region 
if you look at it the reason for migration one of the largest reasons for migration is good education mm. young children migrate very 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 early obviously children migrate for jobs youngsters migrate for jobs correct but most of them want to go back mm. a lot of them feel out of place in the cities and they want to go back mm. so uh, yes their lifestyles different the problems are largely similar so that's why you know we have in fact set our sights on sikkim next or arunachal pradesh these are two places we are looking at okay similar similar problems and they obviously live in tough terrain mm. so they're largely way more resilient people by themselves they're able to take a lot more than you and i can ever handle wow okay so yeah and you know you you basically a technology person and i know that you yeah. are using technology to improve the lives of the children by giving them better access you know to education my question to you is sujatha how easy is it to access technology in such far flung areas oh god that is a tough one i told you right our villages don't have electricity mobile connectivity you won't believe this ashdor we actually even in my offices so we have an office in lane kargil we been dictating excel sheets on the phone you know <laughs> so you can communicate things i mean it's a lot better now <clears throat> my main office in the main city it's a lot better but in the remote villages there still is a problem people get electricity for 3 hours in the night that's it you know mobile there are still about 60% of the villages of ladakh don't have basic mobile connectivity i'm talking even 2g they have a satellite landline which is in the middle of the village and it's used for emergencies And let me tell you what they mean as emergency and what we mean as emergency totally different things Correct. for them emergencies are life and death and health emergencies right. so yeah reaching technology is a big thing and very difficult so being a techie person like you rightly said my first idea was yeah let's get digital uh, let's give them tablets let's give them computers and and i said back and i said here's i'm not going to start and you know change the way they are doing things there's a great way the teachers are already teaching mm. so we introduced technology much later in fact we introduced technology about uh, in 2018 december mm. and in fact that's proving to be a huge boon today during covid lockdowns so what we did was follow we said we need to get give them a solution which does not depend on electricity mm. or the presence of mobile connectivity we needed to have a way for the children to learn better the teachers to have access to more rich resources for them to teach mm-hmm. as well as a way for the administrative officials education officials to actually understand what's going on so there mm-hmm. needed to be a feedback a communication between you know the main offices and each of the villages mm-hmm. so um, here's what we did and this is where my techy background helped so we looked at all the solutions that were in the market all the learning solutions in the tablet we said we needed something which is low power Mm-hmm. first of all we realized that we have to give them that source of power mm-hmm. since there is no electricity so solar was the best idea for us ladakh has 360 days of sunshine so we said okay the solution needs to have its own power source so mm-hmm. our solution has a solar power battery mm-hmm. a battery needs to withstand minus 50 degrees centigrade so we do the gel battery with the great enclosure 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 so that it withstands that now we said let's make it a tablet based solution because it t- takes so little power but the tablet based solution was offline it had to be offline there's no way they could connect to the internet 
But offline was great. The child could learn, but there was no way for a headmaster or an official sitting in the main town to understand what's going on. Mm. So we actually put a little server in the school. So the, the server became that really a hyper local internet, if you will. Mm. The server fulfilled the role of the internet. Wow. It connected to all the tablets. It stores all the information of what each child is reading, how much he's learned, his performance and his scores. Mm. And we said, there's one last thing. We said, okay, so there's a server which has all the information. So the headmaster can see what's going on. But how do I, sitting here in Gurgaon or a sponsor in Bombay or mm. education officials in the main town, how do they have access to this mm. data? So here's one thing we did. We said the headmaster, he travels from his school to the zonal office once a month anyway. Mm. He has to go for midday meal supplies, uniforms, textbooks, filling in attendance records. Mm. So we said, why not use what a system that already works? Mm. So we built an app which sits on his phone, his mobile phone. Mm -hmm. That app connects to the server in the school, extracts the data periodically. When he goes to the office, which is mostly connected, mm. it syncs up the data to the cloud. Okay. It also downloads any updates. You know, we, Our software apps have updates. When he comes back, it gets pushed down. Mm. So I have access to data. So what we've done is worked with existing so softwares of the market, mm. customize it, build a new architecture and work with the fact that teachers move between villages anyway. Okay. So we're using that now. And this is actually great because today children are learning at home with these tablets. And um, despite the fact that there's no electricity or connectivity. So the, we, the Ladakh government launched this program. They called it Tablet in Every Hamlet. Mm -hmm. Children are sitting at home in their backyards with, you know, with their cows and goats grazing behind and learning mm -hmm. during lockdown. So it's been interesting. It's been challenging to do this, but it's helped us innovate. Wonderful. I think the best part I'll tell you about our work is because it's been so challenging, we realized how innovative it needed to be. And it's kept us on our toes. Fantastic. So I've got time yeah. for one, maybe two more questions. So sure. one is a personal question for you, you know, Sure. Technology person, corporate world, high profile individual now moved into completely different sector and giving back. What does success mean to Sujata? Oh, in this sector, success means when I'm no longer relevant, when I'm no when I'm no longer needed. Success is if I can make myself obsolete. That's where success is for me, it is just that. Okay. Where I am I'm here to nudge the system. I'm here to prod it and facilitate a little bit of development. If I see that happening, that's success for me. And I'm very happy uh, being there. Okay. So the, the other thing, if it, if it is, if I'm teaching children, success is if I'm learning, if they become the teachers, that's when I feel it's a success. For me, that's where it is. We're looking at a place where we can move from here and say, yes, We've been able to push the system into taking care of itself. Fantastic. And my last question to you, if there are some people who, after listening to your conversation, want to reach out to you or want to be able to get associated, how do they reach out to you? And if you have a website, what is your website? Oh, thank you for asking that question. So, yeah. So, my website is www.17000ft. That's one seven triple zero. F for Frank, T for Tango, dot org. So yeah, go onto the website or you can, uh, you know, send me an email from there. My email ID is on the website as well. So reach out to me there. But I'll tell you something. I say, if you want to reach out, 
the one of the biggest thing that say come be a volunteer with us in ladakh when travel opens up post covid and it's safe for everyone to travel i encourage you to come we have something called volunteer tourism so i know a lot of you want to visit ladakh come here and you can be a tourist but here i'm giving you a chance to go to a remoter villages mm-hmm. where you can stay and contribute to the income of those villages and in doing so also help us set up our libraries help us run these digital workshops we pay mm-hmm. school so help us do that that's a great way to get associated and yes we're always donations are always welcome it's all there on the website so i look forward to that and that invitation goes out to you too please come spend 10 days with us in ladakh and stay in these beautiful remote villages which have some amazing people there no you know you you've uh, convinced me i mean you know whenever weather permits and travel permits i will certainly be there and my wife is an educator and i'm sure she will oh. want to come as well so but uh, look forward to that thank you and you know so so yada thank you so much it's been such a pleasure speaking to you i wish you and 17000 feet lots of success thank you so much for having me i love what you're doing and more power to you too thank you Thank you. Thank you for listening to the brand called You video cast and podcast. A platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube. Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called you.